Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ in extremely, extremely cold Missoula, Montana. And I envy Stone Lebanowitz, the co-host of this program, every week because he's in the sunny state of Florida. More so this week, Stone. Minus 50-degree wind chill outside right now as we record this. And I'll tell you what, I'm one miserable southern boy right about now. Kevin, I'll tell you what, that's borderline illegal, that wind chill you guys are dropping into the negatives. Man, I couldn't imagine. Let me just give you the temperature down here in West Palm Beach, Florida. So we're looking at a high of 78 and a low of 70 today. So sucks to suck, Kev. Sorry about it. Can you all hear the contempt that I have for my (laughs) co-host in my voice right about now? Yikes. It is almost illegal, and it's been happening everywhere throughout the country. I saw that it's going to be 19 in Charleston uh, in the next couple of days. But before we go too far into the show, I want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you, Stone, and to all the listeners. It's a beautiful thing that what we have here with this show, bring you the best of the FCS each week. And I want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you all. Stone, I know you'll have some thoughts about that. Yeah, right back at you. To you and Stacy as well, and uh, FCS Nation out there who listens each and every week. Me and Kev are the go-to guys and slowly but surely becoming that, and we love pumping out the content because as the FCS becomes more popular, more listeners join in, so we just want to wish you guys all a merry, merry Christmas and a happy new year, of course. Well, we know who's going to be in the title game, Stone. It's That's right. A, a Dakota marker battle for all the marbles. I think when we saw the bracket come out, this was something that was going to be difficult to avoid right they set it up this way so we would have this looking forward to seeing all the people down in frisco it should be a heck of a good time but are these the two best teams you think stone some could say yes and some could say no i mean when you looked at north dakota state's quarter you know a few weeks ago i gave out sanford as a, a team with a lot of value obviously michael Ayers, you know banged up took them out of it there was really nobody else that was able to contend except for incarnate word so you know when you look back and realize that north dakota state had plus 800 odds right to win the title before a playoff game even started to some that was surprising to some it was now here we are and a lot of people get to talk their talk like I told you so or wow this is a fluke you guys are going to get beat by South Dakota State. Nonetheless this is an interesting matchup. We saw him play this year already. The Jackrabbits coming out on top of that one. I'm super pumped Kev you know that. Let's get to what happened last week to how we got here. The first game we'll look at number one South Dakota State 39 Montana State 18. Stone long drives and winning up front on both sides of the ball led the Jackrabbits to a win here. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I also think Mark Gronowski played a really clean game. I went on record saying that if he executes and converts third downs, they're going to beat them. And my prediction was 31-30, but that was just because I wanted to give Montana State the respect I think they deserved. But I did have a lot of confidence in South Dakota State. I went on Stacks on Sacks podcast, and one of the things that I said was key here was the RPO game that Mark Gronowski is oh so crispy with. Man, he was dialed in. You saw the one down the middle coming off a of play action to Tucker Craft early in that game. And there were plenty of other third downs where a little zone read action and he was slipping one out to the flat. He was slipping a slant behind the linebackers. Like that's the stuff as a defensive coordinator that's a nightmare, right? If a quarterback is dialed in and knows his reads and his keys, eventually Mark converting those third downs and the big 605 Hogs just wearing that Bobcat front out. Yeah, it turned into a blowout. All five of South Dakota State's touchdown drives were 75 yards or longer. They stayed out there on the field, and they converted third downs, and that wore out that Bobcat defense. The Jacks' running attack was outstanding. 
Isaiah Davis, 158 yards on 16 carries with a TD. Amar Johnson added 70 yards on the ground and 31 through the air with another touchdown. Mark Kronowski, like you mentioned, was pretty crispy. 10 of 13 for 189 yards and two touchdowns. And the defense was outstanding, Stone. You held a team that was running the ball, you know, better than triple option teams used to when you could run that sort of Damn a Damn right. And you held them to 52 yards rushing. That's outstanding. And it's what they do best, though, right? Like, we we came into this matchup knowing that it was the number one rushing attack versus the number one rushing defense, and it was just going to be Clash of the Titans in that regard. South Dakota State coming out on top of that one. I think losing uh, Sean Chambers on the first series when he punched it in there on fourth and goal really hurt the Cats. Tommy Mallott was 11 of 18, passing for 174 yards through the air. And we texted back and forth throughout the game, right? And there were some throws that Tommy Mallott made that were some big boy throws, Stone. I know you don't particularly love him as a passer. There was one in particular where he got hit by Adam Bach and dropped the ball in the bucket. If he can do that, the Bobcat's going to be good for a long time. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't disagree with that. And you do know that I'm not a fan of him as a passer. But going into a game like South Dakota State, you have to be dialed and your mindset has to be Hey, I'm going to take a lot of licks today. I need to stand in this pocket, and I need to make big throws on big downs. And he did that. It was impressive in that regard, but it couldn't last four quarters doing it. Yeah, he popped up here and there, but, you know, you got to go 60 minutes with this defense. you got to pick your spots. He picked his spots well, but, yeah, like I said, just wasn't consistent enough through four quarters. And then in one of the best football games I've ever seen, it had everything. Great defense at times, great offense at times, horrible offense at times bad defense at times, good special teams, bad special teams. This was a game between North Dakota State and Incarnate Word that had everything. Number three seed, North Dakota State, 35. The number seven seed, Incarnate Word, 32. And this was a game of missed opportunities for Incarnate Word, I think, Stone. It wasn't it a banger, though? I mean, everybody who watched it enjoyed it. Unless you were an Incarnate Word guy, right? Unless you threw a little chunk of change on the cards. Yeah, it hurt a little bit. But it was impressive on both sides. Like, situational football there were a few hiccups but people are going to extra emphasize those and put them to the forefront but at at the very least this is a really clean football game i loved it and when the lead changes happen like you got fan bases swaying left and right people's stomachs hitting the floor you had the fumble call that was reviewed for 10 seconds i mean there was just so much that went into this matchup and Carter Ward took that lead, I think, early in that fourth quarter or late in that third quarter, and things got really interesting. But North Dakota State, man, they just know how to bow up when they need to. They do it year after year after year, and they uh, planted their feet in the ground and said, we ain't going nowhere. One completion for five yards for North Dakota State. I mean, it's just bleeping ridiculous, Kevin. What are we doing? Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I am called a North Dakota State troll on Twitter. Yes, I understand. But here's where it comes from. Here's the origin. You know, a lot of people watch FBS and don't watch FCS. But in this time of the year, because we have football going on on the weekends, people tune in. And I find it a little embarrassing at times, the product North Dakota State puts out on the field. Like, we're not going to sway FBS viewers and fans to the FCS when you turn on a North Dakota State football game. 
Like, we're just not. The ball's not getting aired out. There's a bunch of kids running A-gap power. It's just not a clean product. And then you, you turn on the Jackrabbits, and Todd McShay's name comes up on the screen in the first drive of the game because Tucker Kraft is the number two overall tight end prospect there. Isaiah Davis is going to get a shot at the league when it's due time, and this team has the number one defense in all of the FCS. Like, there's stuff to watch in this game. There's Mason McCormick. He's an NFL prospect. And Cardinal Ward, you got a Marcus Cooper you got a Davius Shafin. You got uh, Lindsey Scott Jr. who has 60 touchdown passes. Like, there's stuff you want to watch there. You turn on North Dakota State, you don't want to watch this. It's it's borderline embarrassing. But, yeah, they win the game, and it's cool for the fan base, I guess. Look, you know that passing game really doesn't do a whole lot for me, right? I just That's just who I am. And so to give a counterpoint to that, man, I think it's pretty cool when you can line up and run the football when you know you're going to run it, the defense knows you're going to run it, Everybody in the place knows you're going to run it, and everybody on television knows that you're going to run it. Right. That's just whipping the man in front of you, right? That's all that (laughs) is. And it's doing it repeatedly over and over and over again, and you take it, and you take, and you break his will. And that didn't happen to Incarnate Word. There were several times where I looked at it, and I thought, well, this one's over. And especially when it was 17-16 at the half, I think a lot of people thought, well, NDSU will come out in the second half and steamroll them. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. Give credit to the Word. They stayed in there. They fought. And Stone, I think I would have taken a three points to tie the game there. Oh, God, Kev, I, I, I hate to disagree with you, right? It's not a contrarian take here, but God, I love that call to go for it on fourth down. If things go awry, right, and you and, and Lindsey Scott sees the coverage he doesn't like, he has the ability to pull it down and go get four yards. He just kind of got caught hanging out in the pocket. He predetermined where he was going to go with the football, and then at that point he was too late. And the throw that he threw was just a little behind his receiver. If he converts that and they score, obviously that game's over because we know Cam Miller's not driving down the field. In a game where he has one completion for five yards through four quarters, he's not driving them down the field with two, three minutes left in that game. So I didn't hate the decision. GJ wanted to go out with the bang. Lindsey trying to go out with the bang. I mean, the boys were back, backing him there. I, I kind of like the decision. I hate to say it. It's time for us to take a quick timeout. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're now going to hear from the first four finalists for the annual Bill Schwanke Award. The Bill Schwanke Award is given to the top play-by-play broadcaster in all of FCS football. Up first, Tyler Merriam from South Dakota State. Mueller to snap, Heidi to hold. A 26-yard field goal try. Good snap, good placement. The kick is up, and it is good! It's good! Hunter Dustman has kicked South Dakota State to the Missouri Valley Football Conference Championship. Play number 12 of this drive. On first and goal, high snap, it's behind Gronowski, picked it up off a bounce, rolling to the right side, he'll throw it to the end zone, and diving and making the catch is the Jackrabbit wideout Tyler Feldkamp. An unbelievable turn of events under a full moon. Touch, down, Jackrabbits. Johnson the back, takes the handoff, starts right, cuts left, cuts back right, inside the 10, angling right to the 8, runs through a tackle, to the near pylon, touch, down, Jackrabbits! Loudest it's been all day, third and goal from the 8, two wides right, one left, Jacks blitz, Camp will throw it to the right, sideline, and it's intercepted in the end zone! Kale Reader took the football away from Carter Bell! So UND will punt. 
Cade Peterson on for the second time today. One Jack comes after it, and Peterson a wobbly punt. This will cross midfield. Jaden Yaki on the run, center of the field, 35. Makes a man miss, 40. 45 midfield, cuts left, 45. Up the middle, 40. Breaking out right, 35. Makes three different men miss inside the 30. Still going inside the 20. Stumbling inside the 15. He's inside the 10. Wow! Yaki all the way to the eight-yard line of North Dakota. 50. Eight yards of awe-inspiring work by one Jaden Yonke. Followed by Mr. Dan Scott from the Furman Paladin. Looks like they're going to let this one go. There's the snap. The kick is dead, and we blocked it. Are you kidding me? And Travis Blackshear picks it up. He's running the other way. Midfield, 45-40 in Wofford territory with seven seconds to go. Out of bounds. This is uncanny. And I believe it's that guy again. Uncanny. Unbelievable, another block of a field goal by Furman special teams. If it's Jack Barton, that is his fourth. Three receivers here to the wide side. One to the boundary up top, back to the left. Fourth down and five. Hutchinson takes the snap, looking to his right. Double clutches, throws, and it's knocked away incomplete. It is knocked away. Callie Chiswick got a hand in and knocked it away from the backup tight end, Keyshawn Tony. Turning over on downs, 2.26 to go, Furman football. And he is going to play action, rolling to his left, looking, trying to bounce outside, turns the corner at the five, to the goal line. Did he get in? Give us the signal. Yes. Touchdown, Paladins. Tyler Huff tight rope the sideline over on the far side of the field. The official at the pylon looked back to his partner to make sure that he didn't step out of bounds, threw both hands into the air, and Furman may have just delivered a knockout blow here at Paladin Stadium with five minutes to go. It's 23-6. Grant Robinson getting a carry running left, bouncing outside of the 20, to the 15, to the 10. He smells the end zone. Grant Robinson, touchdown. Pound that nail into the coffin, baby. The redshirt freshman's first score comes in a playoff game. It's 30-6, Paladins. Mr. Mike Reese from the Southern Illinois Salukis. Time for Holinsky throwing, and it's picked off by Combs at the 48-yard line, bounces right 50. Northwestern 45 to the 40, and Southern's first turnover of the year is Branson Combs' interception. And play action throw, a quick post caught by Garrett at the two, turns it up for a touchdown. The dogs score, and they move within one on the first play after the pick. Play action, Nick to throw, look in end zone. Man's open, throws it to a touchdown. Touchdown to Jacob Garrett in the back line on the right side. Southern has the lead with 12 28 to play in the ball game. Run the same play to Hull, trying to bounce left. Haggerty has him. Fumbled the ball. There's a scramble at the 30. Saluki say they have it, and they do. The defense forces a turnover. Be sweeping right. He cuts back middle. 42nd effort, first down. Down to the 35-yard line. He drags the pile to the 32, and that should do it with one minute to go in the ball game. What a great moment. A lot of questions, and today a huge answer. He takes the snap. He takes the knee. That'll do it. The Saluki celebrate one of the biggest wins in school history. It's a 31-24 victory over Northwestern at Ryan Field. Play action, wide receiver screen to Javon. It's a double pass and he's throwing beat near sideline, open, caught Elliott at the 18. Makes a move to the 15, breaks a tackle to the 10, first and goal at the six yard line. And Mr. Bob Black for the Richmond Spiders. Crowd standing and roaring. Fourth and four, Richmond from the Spider 30. 
34 seconds. Udinski takes the snap. Fires over the middle of the field. Garcia has it. 40, 35, inside the 30. And he's down close to the 25-yard line. Reese Udinski to Jerry Garcia. Has put the Spiders in field goal range. With 27 seconds to go, Udinski is under center. He'll spike the ball. With 24 seconds to go, and oh, is Reese Udinski fired up? Henderson to throw. Steps up and down he goes again. And the ball comes loose. Jeremiah Grant comes up with it for Richmond and rumbles out to the 43-yard line. The sack, the strip, and the Spiders come up with the loose ball. Shotgun snap. Udinski pumps to the left, throws to the left. Harris open, 15-10. Dives for the pylon, and he's in. Touchdown, Jacob Harris from Reese Udinski with a headlong dive across the goal line. This will be a 39-yard field goal attempt by Jake Larson. Nine seconds to go. Delaware 13, Richmond 12. Let's go, Spiders. Let's go. Snap back. Ball is down. Kick is on the way. It has the distance, and it is good. Jake Larson is good from 39 yards out. He has given Richmond a 15-13 lead in improbable fashion with four seconds to go in the game. Don Lebanowitz here, guys. God, I love play-by-play, guys. You just heard from four of the seven Bill Schwanke Award finalists. We're giving it out to the best play-by-play voice of all of the FCS. I just wanted to touch on play-by-play, guys, because as a player, this was my favorite group of guys. For me, at Southern Illinois, it was the legend himself, Mike Reese. He travels with the team no matter where they go. I had sit-downs with him because... You know, mind you, these guys have been around for generations. They've seen positions, whether it's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, D-line, linebacker, corner safety. Like, they go back. They saw some of the legends that used to wear the same uniform that the kids on the roster now wear. And that's why I gained the ultimate respect. Because as a player, when I thought I was playing well, when I thought I was putting up good statistics, anytime I talked to Mike Reese, it hit me that, hey, he's seen a guy that was better than me. He's seen guys in the exact same shoes that I'm in currently And I didn't even know. So players on current rosters, if you're listening, if you're out there in the audience of FCS Nation, show these guys some love. Like I said earlier, they are the heart and soul of football teams. They travel with you everywhere you go. You're eating dinner with them every single trip that you take. I have the utmost respect for these guys and me and Kevin giving out these awards. And it's well-deserving for a lot of these guys. So you heard from the four finalists this week. We got three more coming at you guys next week. I want to reiterate it one more time. Play-by-play guys are the heart and soul of a football team. Don't get it twisted. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA, and we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. 
I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. All right, guys, no preview for you guys this week, but I want you guys to hear from Coach Entz after the huge win against Incarnate Word, and then you'll hear from Coach Stig and some of his players after they got it done against Montana State. Here are their pressers. What a day. Graduation. Game tonight and unbelievable resolve by our football team. Uh, battered, bruised, beat up at different times and just kept putting people in there and they kept playing as hard as they could. And, you know, really this, this win comes down to the players and the coaches. Uh, I know I'm the one that gets to come and talk to you guys, but they're the ones that put the plan together. They're the ones that executed. Was it pretty all the time? Nope. Uh, but we talked about it early, I think, on Monday. We can give up all the yards we want. We got to keep them out of the end zone. We were able to do that a couple different times. We forced them to kick a field goal, forced them to fumble uh, down on the south end. Uh, those were critical plays during the course of the game. And uh, I, I'm so excited for our young men and opportunity and really everyone. Uh, talk about our support people, the trainers, uh, the strength staff, the video personnel, the people over in the dining center got to stick around now and, and work for the next three weeks. Um, but winter campus is a, is a Super fun time here at NDSU, and I can't wait to get started on Monday. Gavin Dawson will ever be the guy who, who made it a six-year senior, and it seems like your secondary is something. I think, you know, I love Dawson, and he knows um, his senior talk. He talks about the home visit I went on out in Sacramento a couple times. Um, you know, a kid from Sacramento, uh, I think he won one football game his senior year of high school, and all of a sudden, Man, we saw a, a raw, long athlete that could help us probably at receiver and or uh, in the secondary. Was a knucklehead his first two years here. Um, probably why I have gray in my beard and gray on my head is because him and Michael Tutsi uh, as 18 and 19-year-olds. But if it's fitting for a guy like him to be able to have two, uh, a big pick to finish the game and, you know, played really well. And um, just... You know, the, the, guy, the, the, mature, the maturity that those two guys have and the, the process, the leadership they provide, pretty special. I know it's shortly after the game, so, but how do you describe this team to get to Frisco again with everything that's great this year? Great. You know, I think they got a chip on their shoulder. I think you go back to mid-October, I think some people wrote them off, and I think they got pissed off. And so they said, we're just going to buy into everything we do. Uh, you, you mean, look at the number of redshirt freshmen we're playing right now. I mean, minus Spence and, and Tony, the D-line was redshirt freshmen today. I mean, you had Cole Menz making plays in the last series. Duty, uh, uh, Cody Heisman playing, uh, Logan Cop on defense. Just grit, toughness, part, you know, Coach Kramer, pride and conditioning. Just everything we talk about, it, incremental gains. And, you know, we were a long ways from being a finished product. We still are. Um, hopefully we, we get in a little, in, you know, additional support here in the next three weeks. 16 nothing in the first quarter. I mean, how do you kind of, it seemed like an early attempt at a knockoff. How do you kind of recover from the start? Well, I, I, trying just to be 
Last thing we could do was lose our cool on the sideline. Uh, I don't know what kind of – that would have sent the exact opposite message we needed to send at that time. We needed to find a way to get stops, points, however. We got a huge field goal. We got a big stop. Um, you know, and I honestly believe – I mean, it's hard to replicate game 14 that tempo. And I think it just took time for our kids to adjust to it. No different than if you're playing a, an option team or it just takes time to adjust. And, and they did. And again, that, that, that is as good a football team offensively as, as I've seen. Uh, their ability to, to you know, attack every corner of the field is, is impressive. Only got five yards of the rushing attack, which is successful. How can you see that offense sort of going throughout the game? Well, you know, one of the things you got to take into account is the number of passes that were called, and all of a sudden there was back to the back to the ball defense, and Cam took off running. So at the end of the game, we were calling it on purpose. Drop back pass, run run as good a routes as you can, all right, to get open, and Cam take off and go. I mean, they wanted to play man pressure every snap and Cam did a really good job of recognizing that bringing four off an edge we got it picked up and he took off and and went that long run he had there uh towards the end of the game a great example of that how do you see that offensive line working well against their d-line and being able to open up those holes well i thought second half we, we played much better early they, they were jumping out of some gaps they, they were giving us some some fits as far as just their ability to hard charge and get off the football uh they, they got good kids they got they got great personnel over there and uh you know we found a way um i think we we settled in a little bit late and, and the, the quarterback run game the quarterback draw game along with some of the, the, the design quarterback run game hurt them late with the single high defense that they were playing every snap all of the injuries that have been going on over the seasons with the transfers out, like what do you have to say about sort of the next man up mentality throughout the team today? There wasn't a whole lot of next man up today. We just had to get it done. So the exciting thing right now is we got three weeks, and, and I think we'll have next men up. I think there'll be some guys that get healthy. And if we'd had one or two more days, uh, I, I thought we could have had some other guys back. What was it like going on coaching against Lindsey Scott Jr.? Hmm. I just saw it. Talk to him right there. Thank God you're done and you don't got an eighth year because you are one of the best football players I've seen. You know, and I know people asked me uh, during the week if he compared. I think he's the best quarterback we've had to face from a dual threat standpoint. Ever? Uh, one that I've seen. For you. Yeah. Yep, for me. I do. I think he's better than, than some other guys that we've seen. And we've seen some really good ones. Obviously, yeah. Box score of the passing game, it, it doesn't look great. Is that a concern moving forward? Well, just the way they were playing it. Yeah, the way they were playing us, but Ross, I, I know we don't, well, yeah, oh, here we go. Man, there's probably half dozen, what, three, four drops during the course of the game. I mean, at some point, we just got to catch football, too. And so it, it's not all on Cam, if that's what we're looking at. We got to execute better offensively. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, we took advantage of what we could do and played opportunistic defense and or football and complimentary football. Coach Stig and some of his players after they got it done against Montana State. I thought it was pretty big. Um, we had a great crowd today. Um, obviously, it wasn't sold out or anything, but the fans that were there uh, made tremendous difference uh, with third downs and when we were on defense, just making a, a lot of noise. Uh, so I think it definitely helped us uh, this game. We have time for one final question for the student-athletes, and we'll finish with Coach. I have one for uh, Adam and Tucker. Adam, you had that 
you know, pretty serious injury. There's, you know, you didn't know if you'd be back. What is it like for you to be back playing this game? It's awesome. You know, first off, thanks to, huge thanks to Charlie Miller. I mean, he's what makes our team go. Um, athletic training staff, all those guys. Um, it's just awesome to be back and, you know, I don't know, there's really no words for it. I just, I was glad I could make it back and make an impact in the game. And I know Tucker feels the same way too. Um, just huge thanks to our training staff and they got me and Tucker both ready to go, so. Yeah, you really don't have the words for it. It's mainly just, you know, like raw emotion, you get out on the field and like something like this happens, you can't help but just like think like, man, like I don't know if I should even be here. Like every game I'm playing now is just extra. So it's it's really um really fortunate. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Miller, Hallie as well. Um, my surgeon, Dr. Neely, you know, after my first game at UND, he, he called me and uh, you know, he said, you know, you just played one hell of a game, man. Like glad to see you running around out there and and just like being hurt, you just got so much self doubt that wells up, you know, in, in the back of your head. Um, but you just gotta go out there and play free. So that's what we did today. I'd like to uh, uh, open up with one more thing that I should have thought about uh, before. A, a huge thank you uh, to our field individuals, the guy that took care of our field. I mean, they must have spent 12 to 14 hours a day moving snow, getting rid of ice. Uh, we had athletes volunteer to shovel out the, uh, the stadium. I mean, this, this is an unbelievable place to have people rise up like that. And I know it's a big football game, but it's a football game. And so the, the, the combined effort of so many people, starting out with Jeff Holm, uh, deserves um, a big, a huge thank you. So, and the fan, again, the fans were unbelievable today, right? And it doesn't matter how many they are, they, they were here to make a difference. And that was, that was really fun to be part of. Thanks. John, um, <laughs> offense, defense, you know, the stakes, the magnitude of the game, and how good of an opponent that was. That the best your team has played this year in a long time. You know, I had about 15 people tell me that on the field, so I would have to say it's pretty good. Uh, I thought, especially defensively, because of the amount of yards they had been able to generate, and the quarterbacks, both of them are special. Uh, now we, we uh, the, the, the Chambers got hurt early, but uh, uh, Tommy Malat's a, a, a All-American type of guy, so. Yeah, a great job by our defense. Great job by our coordinator. Great, great job by our coaches. Great job by our defense. Offensively, then you know to to keep it rolling every time. You know, not punt. Great call and great design. Great job by the big guys up front. As far as the defense, how much of it was maybe some schematic adjustments based on what you saw last year when they beat you? How much of it was just kind of the stuff you talked about this week as far as tackling better and just guys doing their one eleven. Yeah, it's always a combination. There's never one thing in football or probably in life, really. And uh, I think uh, one of the big things that you didn't mention is just the confidence. You know, we won 12 straight. Uh, we'd come back. We had put teams away. And, and these guys, are they've been around the block. And so they they took the field with confidence. And that, that overrides scheme and drills and all that stuff. That's huge in, in the game of football. Was it? different or what changed when Chambers went out? Because it looked like they were going to play both of them at the same time for maybe the majority of the game. Well, uh, nothing changed for us because we, we, we had seen that on film. So uh, we'd seen the use them as a running back, throws the ball, all that stuff. Uh, so what I, I'm guessing they lost some of their uh, their call sheet, whatever. And uh, so uh, ideally he's healthy. Ideally, I, I know what happened to 
uh, Tommy, uh, the other the other quarterback. So ideally, those guys come back because uh, they're great competitors, and I think we get to see them next year too, maybe based on Slade's scheduling. So, so, and don't cut that out of the video, all right? Whoever's doing this. Coach, you've been familiar with Coach Vegan for quite some time. How impressed are you, despite their loss today? How impressed are you with his uh, success early on in his head coaching career? Uh, very impressed. I told them that to start out with how good a football team they have and and uh, uh, how well they're coached. Uh, I mean, that starts uh, at the top, and then ideally you get out of the way. That's what I do. But I'm very impressed with what he's done and, and uh, expect them to continue to have success. I know their leader, like our leader, Leon Costello, uh, will give him an opportunity to have success. So. Got the ball to Tucker in a bunch of creative ways uh, today. Was there a push during the week to get him uh, more involved in the offense? Yeah, we're running out of time with Tucker, so we thought we'd, you know, make him earn his scholarship today. And uh, uh, he's just a great football player. And uh, and we did that with Dallas Goddard, you know, a similar type of individual. And uh, why not? And and uh, and you know, when you have the backfield we have and Mark running the show, I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's hard to defend everybody. So. Yeah, it's, it, we wanted to get the ball in Tucker's hands. In the previous two games, obviously, just the two touches, but what impact does he have in the game when he's not making the passing game? Well, uh, I think a guy with his potential future, and, and uh, I think the first thing to answer your question is he's upbeat, right? So he's not getting the ball, but he's still positive. He's still a team guy, a team first guy, and that's our culture, and that's those are the kind of guys we recruit. So... Uh, you know, there's a guy that would maybe in other programs would expect and would, would maybe act differently, and Tucker's just a great teammate, and you could hear that today. So, Why, why do you think this game was so much more lopsided than last year's game when, you know, obviously being a loss last year in Tucker's game? Well, I think both sides of the ball played really well, you know, and so uh, why did that happen? I, I, I credit our coaches, and, uh, and then uh, our players executed. Um, you know, I, you know, you don't, you don't know how it's going to go. You plan that when we, when we run cab, we're going to pull the guy and he's going to block the guy in open space and Isaiah's going to get seven yards. You know, that's what we plan. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's 47, sometimes, sometimes it's two. So that's a good football team we beat. So, um, not, not to take anything away from them, but we were on today. I would say that's a big part of it. Speaking of being on last week, I feel like you were very out there saying, you know, Holy Cross was able to run the ball pretty easy on you guys, but then you limit Montana State to maybe a yard and a half per carry. What does that say about the team's ability to respond? What did you just see in that run defense? Well, uh, totally different approaches to running the football. Uh, but uh, I think uh, uh, Saluka was the young man's name last week. I think that that irritated our defensive coaches and our and so maybe they raised the level in terms of the investment, um, in terms of the called quarterback runs. I thought we did a good job on that. So. Thanks for hanging with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Well, like Stone and I discussed in segment one, we know who's going to be in the national championship game. It will be a Dakota marker game for all the marbles. January 8th in Frisco, Texas at 2 p.m. Eastern time on ABC television. Well, Stone, NDSU versus South Dakota State. We know what we're going to see here a little bit, aren't we? We're going to see a pretty smash mouth type football game. One team is better at throwing the ball than the other. 
One team just does what they do, and they do it over and over and over again. And I'm looking at this matchup, Stone, and I'm thinking low-scoring defensive battle, which may mean we get a 38-35 job, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it means. I, I think people do have another thing coming to them, right? There's a there's a phrase called mushing in the gambling realm, right? The more you speak that it's going to happen one way, the more you bet on one specific thing, you're going to mush it all the way down to the ground until it looks exactly the opposite way you intended it to. And I think that's what's going to happen here, right? We're expecting these teams to just keep the rock on the ground and, and run this thing out, right? Milk this clock down. But I think it's a matter of taking shots down the field, right? Who has the gadget plays ready? Whose openers have more passes in them? And I wouldn't be surprised if North Dakota State wants to take their shots down the field and let Cam Miller air it out. This is the first time in FCS Nation 2022 that I've even said those words, but they have not seen the number one rushing defense in the country this season. They've seen them once. And they've had a chance to have some success against them. And I think they should have thrown the ball more in that game if they wanted to find a way to win it. And they didn't. So I think they'll try to do some of that. Well, it's really nice, right? After some controversy last week with the field conditions in Brookings for the SDSU-Montana State game. That, you know, we're going to move on to the national title game. And we're going to be played in a field where we don't have to worry about adverse field conditions. Oh, wait. Yes, we do. The field in Frisco is terrible, right? It, we've seen it come up in clumps. So let's hope they do a better job with that this time around. But when you look at the matchup, you you hit it right on the head. That rush defense for South Dakota State is like next level good. And that Montana State team, I don't care if that game was played on the beach in Miami. They were not going to be able to run the ball against that defense. And I think we're going to see more of the same here. And with the three-week layoff, Stone, I think that does favor North Dakota State a little bit. They're going to get some guys back healthy. And there are a lot of things you can do to get guys healthy in three weeks' time. So uh, they're deep in the backfield. They have some good receivers. And I think one of the things that's been kind of overlooked about the Bison this year is just how many older guys they have in that secondary. They're not easy to fool. The RPOs, you might get a few of them. You know, those guys have been there a while. They have a lot of experience. I expect this to be a matchup where, uh, you know, a couple of big plays decided and who can ever make them is going to win the football game. Yeah, but when it comes to defending the RPO, North Dakota State plays a lot of cover four with these low-hanging safeties. I've brought it up a bunch on this show. Like, they roll the dice. They're willing to get got by an RPO game if somebody can execute it correctly, right? If you want to have a safety come down, play in the box, run the alley, try to help on that run support, yeah, that slant will get hit right behind your head. And North Dakota State can live with that because they know they'll bow up in the red zone and hold you to three points. So I think it comes down to two teams trying to be really stubborn. The more that we're going to touch on this game, right, the more we're going to harp on everything, the more I think this game is riding on Cam Miller's shoulders because a lot is going to be asked from him. South Dakota State is not going to let North Dakota State get four, five, six yards on first down. No, it's not going to happen. They're going to find themselves in second and tens. They're going to find themselves in third and eights, and Cam Miller's going to be asked a lot. He couldn't hit water from a boat last week against Incarnate Ward. He had plenty of opportunities to put the game on ice and just couldn't do it. It's just not in his bag. It'll be interesting to see. Well, look, I agree with what you just said to some extent, Stone, but and I know maybe Coach Ince was just trying to take up for his guy, but when we heard him speak at the press conference, he makes a good point. At some point, those receivers have to catch the ball to Stone. Miller's passes were not the most accurate, and they really haven't been 
all season. But, you know, when he does put it on the numbers, guys, they got to catch the football. And I wanted to ask you as a former quarterback, when you have a game like Miller just had, and maybe you never had one, I don't know. I I would imagine of course that you I have one for 12 for five yards. Yeah, I've never, I've never done one. that. I think you could go one for 12 for five yards against the Green Bay Packer, you know, but uh, uh, how do you build the confidence back up? And is uh, the offensive staff for NDSU, are they just going to have to spend the entire time trying to pick this young man up? Or is this just a thing where you could go, hey, we won the football game and wipe it from your mind? Now, okay, now that's a great question, right? That is the one to ask. So here's what I think will happen in, in regards to, you know, how they're going to pick his confidence level up. So in big games like this or in games all season long, right, you have what they call openers. You script the first 15 plays of the game. Now I can only imagine what the Bison script looks like coming into a game week, right? You practice them on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right, gearing up for the game, you know. And I'm sure North Dakota State does not have a lot of passes in it early in that game. And I think we'll see some early in the game. I think you might see a f- couple of first down play action passes, right? Trying to catch South Dakota State, coming down, loading that box, trying to get slick, trying to get a tackle for loss. And I think Cam Miller's going to actually take a shot down the field. I think he's going to get moving outside the pocket on early downs. I think early in this game, we're going to see Cam Miller throw it because if he does go two for two on the first drive and they go 75 yards down the field, boom, kid doesn't even remember what he did last week in the buys in our role. And so there's plenty of different ways to do it. But if I had to guess or had to make a quote air quotes expert prediction, yeah, I think they let him get it out of his system early on in this game. I'm thinking about it this way too. It's a good matchup of specialty teams as well. And, uh, the Bison had a big return uh, against Incarnate Word that really set them up. Uh, there's really no advantage there, I don't think. Both kickers are pretty good. Uh, both punters are pretty good. And so field position game is going to be important. Wellstone, we got a few weeks until the football game. Next week will be the new hire show. We'll talk to a lot of brand-new head coaches from around the country. Looking forward to that. Look, championship game coming up. We're your headquarters for all the information you'll need about it. And that brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. FCS Nation is co-hosted and produced by Mr. Stone Levanowitz. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Ms. Stacy Marshall. On behalf of all those people, I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. Like I always do, y'all would like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Merry Christmas and we'll see you all next week. So long, everybody. For more than 30 years, the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision has helped athletes achieve their dreams. The dream of playing football and hearing the home crowd cheer time after time. The dream of competing for a national championship. The dream of an excellent education. The dream of becoming a leader. And the dream of playing the right way with sportsmanship. NCAA Division I Football. It's not a dream. Come see for yourself.